1: another episode of supernatural the crossroads i am your host thomas cowley and joined with me today is only michael flores hello ryan is dead no he's oh. just
0: <laughs> he's <laughs> dead is, to us yeah
1: no he's out of town we doing, sent him to something. the bottom of the ocean oh with lucifer corny but it works right guys thank you for taking the time to listen to supernatural the crossroads on rainman digital crossroads 003 today we're talking about season 12 Episode 4, American Nightmare And this one is interesting Because this one surprised me in a lot of ways And I know a lot of the fandom This was a talking point this last week I I watched it late and then I immediately went on Twitter Which I never do I never go on social media after a show Or even during a show or anything like that I usually like to do these shows first And before I get any kind of outside opinion on it but I actually, let's be
0: honest, you're usually kicking rocks because that's right. what you do. You're just depressed, upset,
1: <laughs> drinking alone, you know, that kind of thing.
0: I mean, I do like this episode, but I, I need to find something I don't like. Mm.
1: Right. I need If I don't hate something daily, I lose all my power. That's how that works. Uh, that's funny. No, this one was talked about. A big talking point about this one was it was the first written episode by Davey Perez that we talked about this last week. It's his first episode. One of his first written works, according to his IMDb, not like first ever, but he he's one of his big credits is this.
0: Uh, apparently he, um, I wish I had the tweet, um, you continue to talk, and someone <laughs> someone filled me in on his information.
1: And this one was also directed by John F. Showalter. He's been on the show for quite some time now, directing all the way back to season five, uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, which I, that's the thing is, I kind of remember the episode since we do the show by their actual name. Yeah. I don't remember them before that. No, Walter generally does a pretty good job, though. No, he
0: does. For the most part.
1: So this one was a bit of a step back. And when they talked before over the summer about going back to horror roots, back to the basics, and I talked about how they a couple ideas of what they could do for that between lighting and and subject matter and things like that. And this one, in my opinion, did a lot of that stuff right. We had a, a classic episode of Supernatural, but it was also not... Retreading old ground To me it didn't feel like yeah absolutely It felt surprisingly new But at the same time the very first Thing we have in that you know Previously on then Quote yeah was psychic Abilities oh man dude I Nerded out so hard at that I was just So happy Because they haven't talked about those Since season five I Got caught off guard
0: that They went way back to do a then because they haven't done one of those in a while, specifically from what was that season two?
1: Was the that psychic se- abilities, yeah,
0: wasn't that season that that exact?
1: The actual scene that, that actual scene was season two. Yeah, yes. I mean when they were all that like Hell House camp thing. Yeah, <laughs> the worst summer camp ever by Yellow Eyes. Yeah, I got giddy. Yeah, dude, I oh, I did too.
0: And it set the tone for me as a person. Forget the writing tone. It, it set me. I was like, okay, I'm excited. Let's yeah. do it
1: immediately. I went from like, I don't know about this new guy. I'm a little worried because I'm a pessimist. Yeah. So psychic abilities. I'm Like, okay, on board. What yeah. are we talking about? I'm so. I'm such a slut for this show. Oh
0: yeah. I think we all are. <laughs> yeah. When I heard the psychic thing, I was immediately looking for it the entire episode. Like, okay, what are we gonna yeah. get? It. Sam gonna show some psychic ability. What's going on here? Yeah, and yeah. So I was excited. I mean, I think a lot of people, I, I know, when you have millions of fans, it's it's hard to say. It's kind of hard to bunch everybody into one group. But I would I would like to think that for the most part, most people agree that that was a solid. Story
1: line
2: the, uh, for
0: Sam. Oh yeah
1: it's a huge part of his character You know yeah,
0: I mean I, I know we were kind of Taken back a few weeks ago when we were doing A show during how and some people Were saying that that they were Actually rating Kripke's seasons Below some of the New show writers right. like Gamble's era And Carver's era and even now now Moving into dab and we were surprised By that so obviously there is a voice Within the fandom who don't who doesn't Necessarily look at those episodes as Godsends like we do right so The heretics
1: Yeah <laughs> No but maybe this will be a way to bring That same kind of Kripke content Into a different showrunner that they prefer Yeah you know?
0: And in a lot of ways Dab is the man to tackle this um, Of course we know Gamble Showrunner the first one to take over She was with Kripke from day one Carver was around off and on uh, Dab was also around I want to say beginning in season four And so this psychic thing Was a very big part of of seasons four and five, so for it was Dab, the
1: whole point about him being the proper vessel for Lucifer. Yeah, that even if he is the chosen one, he still needed these abilities. He still needed to, you know, drink the demon blood to be like primed and ready. Yeah, you know,
0: and that's why, in a lot of ways, even using the word the you know, the phrase you just used about the true vessel, uh, in a lot of ways, Dab is the man to tread into this territory again.
1: Yeah I think he has a a strong Respect for it
0: and he I mean it was During his his uh his rookie Era I want to say on on board Supernatural but I mean he was molded When you think about it he was molded From those seasons he's a Product of seasons four and five
1: Yeah and I and those Are at least for us The best parts of the Kripke's run Absolutely that's where all the story comes together so I, I think it all bodes well for us going Into it but we got a little bit of Insight on the writing process from an interview with uh movie dot geeks.com with Davy Perez. He said that the they they asked him when does the actual writing of this start? Like when does the writing process start for this? And the story idea, he says, started in May of this year. A long time. A long time ago. And that's and that's when the first concept was given. And he they say, What sort of direction were you given for the episode? He says that most of the ideas are self-generated here and then bounce around, then ultimately shaped by uh, Dab and Singer. But for this particular one, since it was my first, I was given a loose concept to write about, a rustic, off-the-grid family that is dealing with this supernatural phenomenon in their household. The rest was left for me to fill in. One thing definitely had to happen was that they, the guys needed to each be dealing with Mary's decision to break off for a while, mm-hmm. and it needed to come from a genuinely emotional place. And I think that's an interesting little insight to how Supernatural does stuff because they kind of let their writers have free reign except for you have to keep the, which makes sense, the The main story obviously has to be part of it, but also the biggest point of contention that they had was that they had to have the emotional impact and how the brothers are dealing with it.
0: Pretty much what we said last week about, you know, they're given certain parameters they got to follow and then they write and then the, the head. Guys and, dab back and Singer come back I'm like all right We like this and change this get rid of This yeah so, but I like The I like knowing that um, And I think obviously I think we already know That by just watching episodes if you keep An eye out on you know your Favorite writers on board the team you could start seeing a general Style that they have
1: right And I think it's Both I, I like how much respect They have for the character Driven aspect of the show but I also Like how this shows what perez was able to do on his own just like hey you got this rustic family dealing with something and he just take took it from there yeah and I, i'm not saying it's not to take away from him or to take away from andrew dab saying one party in this was all the work <laughs> and nobody else yeah. you know but i like how he was able to develop this idea and then you have dab with his and, and singer i'm sure with their critiques coming in to make something really strong
0: yeah so. it definitely makes me have faith in Perez. Um, he had to, in order to come up with some of the things he came up with, he had to have gone back and watched the episodes. First off, I think I've, I've got to think that that's something that all writers have to do when they come on board. Like here's seasons one through ten. Get yeah. to watching. <laughs> don't Story. pick up a pencil. Don't write anything until, until you've seen hell. You've watched. And that's you how have, I would do it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when I talk to um I'll give you an example right from a writer's mouth. John Worth, the showrunner for Hell on Wheels. He was brought in after season two. The show was suffering for seasons, uh, between seasons one and two. The show was suffering. It was about to be canceled. They figured they'd give it one more shot. Uh, they brought in a a veteran writer who's known for fixing shows. And the first thing he did, before he even gave them their answer, mm-hmm. he said, well, you know what? Let's put a pin in this discussion. Uh, I thank you for offering me the job. Give me a couple days to think about it. I'll get back to you on Monday. Mm-hmm. He sit the entire weekend. He said him and his wife cleared their schedule and they sat down and and binge watched the first two seasons. And Good. then once he bin, binge watched the first two seasons, then he's like, all right, I can see what I can do here. I understand the characters and where they should be going. And then he said, yes. So I'm, I have to imagine that's what a lot of these these new writers are doing.
1: Well, I mean, you've written stuff yourself, and wouldn't you do the same thing? Yeah, it's part of research. I you, think you have to.
0: I mean, just like if you're, if you're going to start writing something about the Aztecs, uh, you can't just go back. Then buy... the
1: Vikings show up, <laughs> and they and the pirates had a war with guns in yeah. the 1400s. Right. Wait, what? Yeah,
0: you got to make sure you know what you're writing about, and I would think this would go right in line with research, yeah. n- understanding what this show is all about. Yeah, And I think he has a pretty damn good grasp on it
1: Well I mean you can see that there is insight from his From previous seasons because he says When they're talking about rewrites and stuff he says I think the fact that this episode uh, truly is a return To the case of the week format and really goes for that Old school style of quote Brothers on a hunt while dealing with personal family issues It lent itself to being able to stand alone Without having to tinker too much yeah. And I think that does come through here. But it, right there, it shows that they do go back to previous works and what worked for those episodes and what was so impactful and bring it into the new seasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Maddie sent
0: me a tweet earlier in the week. Um, and apparently, this answers the first question we had Perez. 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 <laughs> uh, I'm thinking Perez Hilton. I was going
1: to say, you were just going to say that, weren't you? <laughs>
0: Uh, Perez has previously written for the ABC series American Crime and that was the episode titles origin
1: Uh, oh American Crime American Interesting I like that on the plot of this one's pretty messed up too but yeah it is a nightmare for somebody Uh, moving on to other news Supernatural fans or, or fans Supernatural has kind of backtracked a little bit the stars Jared and Jensen have not not to say they lied, but they're not flip flopping. They're not
0: no. you know not politicians.
1: No, but they've kind of gone into greater detail about them talking about season or episode three hundred being the end point for them. Yeah, because that and I I think we mentioned some of this. We did kind of run with the idea as everybody did. Yeah, of course. But I I remember distinctly us saying, "Well, people are just this is they're like, hey, maybe one day," and people took that as. You know, solid concrete facts. Well, come
0: on, man. We're always we're all we're all waiting hands and knees, waiting for hands up, and knees? Oh yeah. For <laughs> Jensen <laughs> to let loose some Jesus. information.
1: Is that a euphemism? Uh,
0: yes, most definitely. No, but seriously that's just what we do in this fandom and we get excited and we listen to the, the the uh Jensen and Jared talk and we go to the conventions and I think, you know, and part of the problem maybe with a little bit of misinformation might be because the fact that these guys do so many conventions and they need to come up with something new. And exciting for you guys to show up every week. I mean, that's just part of entertaining, right? You're saying yeah. things. It's very natural. It's much like what we do on the show. Nothing is scripted. I'm sure Jared and Jensen aren't scripting out their creation, entertainment, right. um, you know, appearances. They're probably talking. They probably have had thoughts maybe on the way there saying, yeah, 300 is a pretty cool round number. Don't you think Jensen? Yeah, it is. Sounds good to me. So then they share those thoughts. Um, To the to the uh, To the creation entertainment conventions and and Other press junkets they may take it And run because that is what Jensen said He said something about 300 sounds like a nice Round number for binge watching
1: well He says uh, Of course it comes from entertainment weekly which I blame them (laughs) But he had said When we get to 300 episodes I think Eccles and I will think it might be time To say goodbye but since then They've gone back and said I think it was more of That's the next milestone in particular, Eccles noted that the number had been discussed internally for the ending, but they I don't want to mention that. You know, like it was, it was essentially, this is the idea. Let's We've made 200. Let's shoot for 300 and see where we go from there. He says, I think as long as there's still a story to tell, which I think is one of the great aspects of the show, is that we're not necessarily bound by reality, so their stories are kind of limitless. As long as they're still staying true to the show and the characters are still being written in a way that we still get inspired to play Then I don't know that there's a number Necessarily for an end point Yep and now we're going to take this one literal they're So now never this gonna is fact end. and they're the show's going to go on forever The show will never end Old man Winchesters Like let's, old man Logan uh, <laughs> Let's make this a news uh, around let's, let's make sure this goes viral <laughs> Supernatural to never end Misha Collins actually joked Saying that they're going to go to episode 666 Now
0: that would be That would be cool. pretty cool That would be cool
1: I don't know. jeez, how many years? Okay, 200 episodes in 10 years, right? Yeah. That's a, Jesus, that's a 30 plus year show. Jesus, that's not going to happen. That's man. not happening. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, why well, just be wrong 30 years from now? We're still sitting here talking about this. Oh, thing.
0: please. If I'm sitting here talking about this and not doing something myself like a show, <laughs> I just end it, please. I'm going to need Jared's hotline.
1: Oh, you need a shirt? <laughs> yes.
0: No, but go taking it back to, um, the whole season and not having an end date. Although I feel like the show is definitely in some strong territory right now, it would suck though for, let's say we have three good years again. We're like, Oh, this is so good. And then we struggle again for another three or four. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go through that. And, yeah. and I know I'm one of the biggest advocates of supernatural, meaning even their dark years, I, I can find things that I thought is very good about the show. And I'm forgiving because they gave us, you know, for the most part out of 12 years, they've given us 10 solid effing seasons with a few hiccups around, uh, you know, down the road. But I don't know if I want to deal with hiccups anymore after getting through the darkness and having literally not the darkness, the character, but getting through darkness, the dark dark territory, the dark period. Yeah. And I, I don't think do you think fans are willing to go through another hiccup period?
1: I mean there are going to be some Yes there are absolutely some that will Never want it to end and that will be a Sad day inevitably when those final Credits roll but I do I've always been an advocate of let a Story end where it's supposed to end And I've I've always used the metaphor of a Plane it has a takeoff point and It should land safely and then everyone's Happy if you keep going Beyond your fuel capacity you're going to Just crash into the runway and burn and nobody's Going to enjoy that That that's a Apt metaphor though, I think, yeah. for storytelling as a whole. Yeah, crash if and you, burn. If you keep going beyond a certain point, it's just nonsense. It won't make sense to the world, it won't make sense to the characters. You you'll get bored whether you're the writer or a viewer. At some point it'll fall apart.
0: But have we gotten bored yet? No. no. Yeah, that's what that's I'm the saying. Thing. That's why it's such a weird area. Like I I hear myself talking and I'm trying to I'm trying to come from a place of common sense and reasoning as the saying, yeah, the shows that eventually, you know, need to stop because I don't think we can go through other hiccup, period. But then again, I start thinking as a fan, as a super fan, I'm like, no, I think it'll be fine. We can do it.
1: We've done it once before. We'll do it again. Yeah, I, I
0: constantly contradict myself when it comes to the
1: show. I think that's the, both the beauty and the curse of the show. Yeah. In some ways, is that we've come back from a, you know, again, not like the most horrific show ever no. point but well, we've come back from a weaker point and and been stronger for it i know some fans are not going to want are going to be like let's just keep doing that we'll, we'll we're not bored yet you know i don't know my whole thing is everything eventually comes to an end and i'd rather see it come to an end on a good note than come to an end because it has to
0: yeah you know but you just stress this one point here whether you like seasons one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, doesn't matter. One better than the other. I think one thing that has never messed up during the run, even during the the so-called dark period, um, the show has never lost heart. It's never no. lost its soul, and it's always been it's always been a, ha- a show full of heart.
1: Absolutely. And Season I- seven has some really strong episodes in that regard
0: yeah and i think ultimately that's the reason why the show has been able to get us through the darker periods the the rough the the rough patches of the show of the of the seasons because that the show has never lost its way in terms of what the show's about at its core and that's the winchesters the soul of the show has never changed and i think if we continue down that path I don't see the show ever becoming a bore fast I and mean, be like, oh, I'm tired of it. I think these characters have become such a a part of the fandom in such a big way that we truly care about what's going to happen to them each week.
1: I, and I think that's ultimately what Jared and Jensen kind of realize as long as the story is there, as long as the characters are being written in ways that matter to them, that they still enjoy. And I think them more than anybody are going to have a, a pulse on if the story is going away, it should. Yeah. You know, I think we're all kind of actors, writers, you know, visual effects down to the PA and us as fans are all kind of like, so long as we're still doing a good job, we can keep going. Yep. So one last little bit of news, guys. Uh, It's not directly related to Supernatural, but it it kind of is because I did see the trailer for this. The Kings of Khan is going to premiere November 15th. The comedy series starring Rob Benedict and Richard, I want to say Spate, I always get his last name wrong, uh, Junior, is going to premiere on Comic-Con HQ. Is that a website? Um, it's a... Or is that like a channel that I have to pay for? It's a
0: channel, but God it's not... Damn it's it. free. It's oh. basically a internet network that was created by Lionsgate and uh, San Diego Comic-Con.
1: There you go. And I did see the trailer for this. This does look really funny. It, it looks, looks good. It looks meta and just funny as hell with rob benedict and richard spate they're they're back and forth seem good i got mad i really did when i saw the trailer i won't lie what about what because i was like god damn it i have to go to work today and these guys get to do this oh yeah and I get what that, say. Like, that just bothered me yeah but, they but it their, looks funny
0: it does look funny and i think it's gonna I, i'm wondering at you know the tv viewer in me that likes to analyze things um Is predominantly the audience going to be Supernatural fans, obviously, or are they going to branch out? Do you think the show will be able to branch out to possibly reach different individuals, people who may not watch Supernatural? Are they going to be able to enjoy this television show?
1: I think anybody who's a fan of anything that shows up at Comic-Con will be able to enjoy this because of the concept. You know, they're an actor who used to be a big part of a show that now they haven't done anything for a while, so they start doing the con circuit All of us, whether it's, you know, all the way back to, you know, the original Star Trek and and Star Wars in 1977 to us today, we still enjoy hearing these people talk at these conventions. So I think anybody who likes anything like that will be able to enjoy the show. I do think it's going to be more special for Supernatural fans. We'll get a little more out of it, especially with all the guest spots. But I think with all the guests that they can do based on the sheer concept of the show being based in the real world. There's plenty of fandoms they can tap Into with a single guest appearance That will bring other people into the show So I I, th- I like The concept I think it's a good one I think They'll do just fine But with that guys we're going to take a quick Break and we're going to get into our discussion Of American Nightmare the Michael and Thomas Boring talk hour <laughs> edition Because Ryan's not here in just A minute I'm
2: The Rain Man Show. The Rain man Show.
1: The key advance raises the prospect of a fast-acting pill or nasal spray that a man could take hours or perhaps just minutes before sex. It would also save men from being trapped into having children they didn't want. Oh, of course,
2: douche. oh poor men! Du- douche <laughs> scientist,
0: right there. He's all, you know, I'm tired of these bitches.
2: He it always pregnant. D- d- I'm having sex with them. Yeah, these bitches. What's getting, happening? <laughs> these bitches are getting pregnant.
0: And I'm just tired of it. What else is was tired of drive through college? Tired of bitches getting pregnant. Tired of paying child support. I better get a college education. <laughs> that ain't gangster, though. Like, there's something, like, uh, flashy about putting on a condom. You think condoms, it kind of gets everything going, ooh, sexual vibe. Like, I'm not into condoms, but when you hear about them and you have them in your pocket, it kind of spells sex. You know, it does. it's the whole situation. <laughs> you don't think sex when someone pulls out like a nasal spray, excuse me, I got <laughs> I, I just wanna make sure you don't get pregnant. So I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, I'm gonna put this nasal spray in my in my in my right nostril. Hold That'll on.
2: Take you this Hold on. <laughs> stop, stop.
0: For more Rainman, visit RainmanShow.com. Have you missed an episode of DC on CW? If you have, this is what you've missed.
2: Because they they mentioned that there was going to be like someone, a character we know in the DC, like the CW universe is coming out. Yeah, this has to be it. We're like two seconds there at the beginning of the... When we go into the whole um, the the background for all that, I thought that the alien from Daxus, I was like, oh, maybe he, he was gay. Like, you thought mon was gonna end up being the gay one? No! Be- okay, because that interaction with him and the prince or whatever, where they're just... Yeah, like, yeah, okay, yep, absolutely. I picked up gay vibes and I was like, maybe he's the gay boy. For sure. He might just be bi. Or something it, on my planet we don't
0: have a, a label for we it we, we love
2: yeah we fuck when we want who we want what we want what yeah and then cars just like you're a bunch of heathens oh my god my vagina would clench their dicks off what is wrong oh, no it's bringing it back bringing it back lauren lately, lately i've been saying things and then as soon as i say them i'm like i'm sorry
0: don't miss DC on CW every week on Rain Man Digital. Covering topics from Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow.
2: Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads.
1: It, it fit it felt more like he was there but just with a different meat suit yep i agree and i loved that bit so that worked for me and so kudos to springfield for that i thought you did a great job yep you know which is a high bar for me just because yep. i'm such a stupid lucifer fan but just when we started to like him you know he's he's at the and bottom, then of, I at the was bottom like, of the bottom of the ocean fucker dude we yeah. just started he's, he's looking for geppetto you know <laughs> and that was oh the thing. His, his new vessel is going to be a whale, <laughs> oh, my. or what was it King oh, King Shark? Whatever the hell, hell. from Arrow. Oh, Jesus. Hey <laughs> <Say> yes. <laughs> Say yes. He's Aquaman. Uh, he speaks uh, fish. An... What was that? Well, it's gonna... his whale That's or
0: he the... I'm going to injure this vessel through your blowhole. <laughs> Which blowhole? <laughs> Whichever one you said yes to. Oh, okay.
1: No, but it it does kind of suck. Now, they did directly. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural The Crossroads. Now we're going to be talking about episode four, American Nightmare. I don't have Ryan to read the synopsis, so I guess I'll have to do the hard work myself. Uh, Sam and Dean investigate a case that leads them to a devout religious family living off the grid. They realize the parents are hiding a huge secret that could destroy them all. Meanwhile, Dean struggles to accept Mary's latest decision, written by Davy Prez, directed by John F. Showalter. Now, real quick, this is something. Is this the official, like, from some cited source synopsis? Uh, synopsis? Yeah. It, IMDB. A huge secret that could destroy them all? Yeah. Is that playing into the concept, or is there more to that? I don't and know. And this is something that we are going to get into here in a second, because... Mikey I didn't, I didn't notice that I just read that now and I'm like holy wait a minute And this might be us being way too You know detective E yeah. About it but this This episode had a lot Going for it uh, it had Great elements of the brothers it had That you know strong parallel Between what they're going through and Other people in the world Without being too on the nose About it I feel it wasn't in your Face but it was, it was great. In the very first opening shot, we talk about psychics, which yeah. we got giddy about, because who wouldn't at this point? <laughs> because that is something that we haven't seen since Kripke left, and it kind of was just kind of dropped off.
0: Yeah, it was never, the whole Sam psychic ability thing has never really been touched on or even closed out. It, it was simply... It was gambolized. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he lost his soul, and that was pretty much it. Maybe it's tied to the soul? Hmm, maybe. Um, Maybe there is I want to say and I'm sure some listeners will will correct us and please do you can tweet us at crossroads SPN to let us know uh, or also facebook.com slash crossroads the crossroads. Um, I I, want to say there was a point in season six maybe even season seven where Sam might have alluded to the fact that he doesn't feel it anymore.
1: I I remember there being some. Thing that, that he mentioned sometime that the powers don't work, he's not able to do it
0: right. Not, I, I don't want to say able, I think there was something where he, he doesn't,
1: doesn't think he can, right?
0: Like, there was no, there was something to that effect. Um, but also, it, it is tied into drinking demon blood, right? That's how he, right. he hones his skill.
1: He had, he's always had it a little bit, or, like in season one and two, it was the visions, or he moved the bookcase that was blocking him away from the door. Yeah, that's right. It was always something mild, though. It wasn't until
0: because the blood drink was more about um, being strong enough to that to hold Lucifer. That amped
1: his abilities up, so he could contain Lucifer without burning through. Yeah, as well as it allowed him to purge demons from people without killing anybody or just flat out kill someone with his mind. Right. He he's seen we've seen a lot of his abilities from seasons four and five, but yeah, it was all amplified. It was it was you know steroids essentially.
0: So I uh, so when he's he made he Sam said those key words of uh, to what um, what's her name Magenta Magda Magda Um, that he doesn't think he can do it anymore he doesn't think he can
2: and I I can't Mm. be
0: the only Supernatural fan that got a big old Sam psychic boner (laughs) because you don't throw I think one thing we we've learned about Supernatural that for the most part you don't do throwaway lines like that no for no reason.
1: Well, we even see in this episode, even camera shots aren't just there arbitrarily, right with the motorcycle being in we something we saw last episode, yeah, that i you know I am mad at ourselves because we didn't really even touch on that last week, but I remember seeing it, I'm like that's going to be important, yeah, and then in this one, we see whose that is, but no, supernatural isn't going to just throw away a line I, I that's one of the rules about writing in general, you don't why is this here,
0: yeah, and you know what Sam. I I mean, this is an this is an easy thing to bring back without destroying canon or disrupting previous narratives, because I think something that we've all learned about Sam is that he does like to ignore certain things as well. Yeah, like not not in a Dean way, like he'll deal with things pertaining to him. But if there's something he wants to forget about himself, he'll he'll he will ignore it as well. Yeah, or he'll deal with it himself, much like he did with seeing visions of Lucifer um, he learns to deal with a lot of these things on his own. So we don't know, really, if, if this is something he's possibly struggling with. And if he tried to use it, I mean, for all we know, what if he did try to use it and he has it? And the reason why he says he doesn't know is because he deliberately does not go there. He does not allow himself to use his powers.
1: No, it makes sense it's a dark part of his personality that he's always been afraid of
0: yeah it's from Lucifer so why would you want to use especially someone like Sam who's tried to what since season 7 has tried so hard to run from his season 5 tried so hard when he realized that he wasn't the good person he thought right. he was he was being used as a tool of evil ever since then he he has tried to run from his fate
1: yeah well not just from his fate but like he's always been afraid of what he really is, he tried to run from this from season one, you know, hide from his family, hide from the freak show, wants to be normal.
0: And if he uses his power, what does that say to him? Like, honestly, I think the fans will, wouldn't judge him for it. But as a person, no, but he would
1: judge himself,
0: right? He would know that he's tapping into something dark.
1: And I think if Lucifer is, you know, with him being the central point to having those powers, now is a good time for them to bring it back up. Season 11 had a bigger issue with the darkness, but now is the time where if you're going to talk about this again, which I think I feel personally we should. Oh, yeah. Then it's a good time to do so.
0: But even with Sam, you got to think that his mindset right now, he knows Lucifer is out roaming about. He knows that he is Lucifer's true vessel. And if he were to start really thinking about the fact that he has psychic ability, it might start bothering him that he may be used in that way again.
1: Well, I'd be terrified if I was him.
0: That would be an area I would not want to explore. I would not be tempted to use my power because of that.
1: Right. Not just that. I mean, as we've, you know, all pretense aside, Lucifer wants to, quote, you know, ride Sam, (laughs) jokes aside. But he is looking for No, jokes inside. You you have to feel like he's constantly afraid of him just showing up. I mean, he, he used Castiel as a vessel, one of their most trusted friends and allies. Didn't even know until they were he was in the bunker, you know?
0: Yeah. And they have a lot to lose again because now it's not just them they have to worry about. They have their mom to worry about now too. Right. And how she can possibly be used against them to get what Lucifer yep. wants.
1: Yep. So, so
0: this this whole psychic scenario and Lucifer
1: running free. You don't want to like pop up on the grid essentially by using yeah. your powers. So I get it. Um but this episode I want to talk about the beginning scene, just the woman walking into the church. And I think that was my first feel that this episode was going to be darker, more like season one and two, because that scene of her just bleeding and and the, the Christ symbolism, the whole thing, that was disturbing. Yeah. You know, I'm not the most religious person. I think anybody who's listened to these shows knows that. But that was like just trying to imagine that or how dark that concept is. Is pretty disturbing we've had deaths in churches Before and and other horrific things happen But I think the fact that she's still alive and Doesn't know what's happening to her That is a bit messed up and I think that Kind of runs through this whole season Or season Jesus this whole Episode yeah
0: It was definitely a strong way to open up The episode yeah and And really set the I, I Guess the mood for what we're about To enter in
1: yeah and I think Disturbing is a good way a good word to describe this one I mean I remember from the concept Just you know all this rustic family off off the grid You know and that always creeps me out And this episode is reasons why That kind of thing creeps me out Yeah You know I've made the joke before that in a, If you live in a city You know everybody you know you Everybody around you you don't trust Because like anybody could mug you at any point So you're always kind of like on guard it's when you are in the small town and they're like, do you want some pie? And you're like, sure. And the next thing you know, you're waking up and your leg is missing because it's oh, in the pie. Oh, man. Oh, like,
0: gee, that's dark, like, dude. But it's true. But it's true. I'd rather walk down the streets of Compton it's, at exactly. night. Exactly. than walk through the Virginian Hills and run the risk of exactly. being attacked by a hillman. Like, not just true. a hillman, but because like because the people, at least the, people are, the people in Compton are gangster. They're not going to bother you if you don't bother them.
1: Or you at least know to be aware. It's when your guard's down and you're enjoying that piece of pie before you pass out, Yeah. and you realize something's wrong. Yeah. That that dis- that perversion of wholesomeness. Yeah, I think it's
0: it's, it's it's a definition of horror in a lot of ways.
1: It really is. Yeah, you know, and that whole bit in this episode, the the child protective services, I kind of saw where this was going a little bit, but I honestly was caught off guard by how they played this one out. You know, I thought originally it was going to be kind of a ghost thing or some some sort of cult in some way, maybe something regarding to Lucifer. But it was far darker than any of that. Yeah. But, yeah, disturbing is how I would describe this entire episode. And we see kind of just jumping into it. We have a religious family that has gone off grid to try and, you know, be one with God in a way or, or live a simple life Because the mom had been told Heard a whispering voice That told her Live a simple life and your pain will go away And that is a really interesting thing Because we know that there are these Angels and demons and deities In this universe This isn't season 1 through 3 where we don't know angels exist So you're just crazy or it's a demon You know right? But we have this family that Was dealing with I thought it was also interesting how they painted them at first, because they are dealing with issues that a lot of people complain about, you know, the stuff like we're not connected. And even Mary sees that with her looking at everyone being on their cell phone at a dinner, like it's supposed to be a family gathering. Yeah. Everyone's on a phone or a screen. Headphones are plugged in. Nobody's connected. And they're a family that was in full of hate or full of disconnect. They weren't together. And that's something that I know some people struggle with. You know, pills. mom's on some pills, dad's a drinker, or uh, infused in his work.
0: Do you think that, again, knowing that Supernatural doesn't just do throwaway things, um, this is the second time this year in four episodes that they've delved into the territory of the disconnect of family. I th- because of technology and yeah. how loud our world is today. And I they touched on it again.
1: They've touched on it in a lot of ways. I mean, what do you remember in Don't Call Me Shirley, what's God, what did God say is like his greatest creation? Not even humans. It was nature. Yeah. It was that nature will self-replicate itself and self-heal itself. And I think that's something that a lot of people today are kind of worried about, is that we are plugged in and we see the world going down a certain path or bad things happening around us, but people just, we plug into our shows or our TVs or our phones. And I think that the writers, I mean... The whole point of telling any story is you're trying to convey a message or a way to live or some kind of meaning, and I think this is something that they are kind of concerned about, or at least some of them are. Do
0: you think it's more, You don't. so you don't think it's more than a moral message? I don't, I I think it absolutely is a moral message. But do you think it's more than that, like something that has to do with the actual storyline for the season? Because they are, they're laying it on thick a bit. Yeah. And not, I'm not complaining about it, I'm just saying to jump into it again. Two episodes episodes later, it has me wondering if it's going to play a part in the story somehow.
1: I think it might. I could see the potential because Mary is from a previous time and they are trying to reconnect as a family. Yeah. And that is a big concern is that people are plugged in and not connected and present.
0: I'm going to call it now. Lucifer is going to create the Lucifer app and it's going to confuse (laughs) people. Yeah. I think that's what they're. Lo- that's I think his,
1: he's got a Leviathan
0: level yeah, scheme. Mid season finale. Mid.
1: Oh god. No, I do think it might be something, but I think it's more of a moral thing. Yeah. Just because, and I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. I mean,
0: because you're right. You you're exactly. You're 100 percent correct. That is a very big issue. And I know it's. It, if you look at history, it's always been something. The TV, the one-eyed monster. It's going to suck our brains out. Yeah, it, it, there's always been things. Uh, that there's always been
1: doomsday prophecies about and we're technology, all boned.
0: right? And about how we, you know, the TV took away the family from the dinner table. Uh, music did it. I mean, there's always something. That, there's a
1: natural that fear. the naysayers
0: would say, and we see. But even more so, we see it really kind of taking. um I want to say, uh, social scientists by storm. And a lot of them are predicting, you know, the complete demise of the family unit because of technology and not just a family unit, but the social structure, what makes us who we are as community communicative creatures.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole people connected through Facebook versus people connected in real life. Yeah. You know, not to get too preachy, but I do think it is a genuine concern. And there has always been it's it's. Not often popular, but there is a fear of technology intrinsic to the human experience that is written and talked about in horror. You know, very body true. horror, terminator horror, things like that. And it doesn't have to necessarily be robots destroying humanity or, you know, us sacrificing like a limb to become some kind of horrific monster. Yeah. It can be something as simple as, you know, invasion of the body snatchers, it takes away our reason to our, our reason. Yeah. and our ability to think on our own. So it might be playing into something with it. I don't know. But it, I it is a I think it works because these these are very real issues that people could if you are fed up with that kind of life or you are in a fragmented family, you could see moving to a simpler life, getting away from it all. I mean isn't that what vacation is for most people? Yeah. No phones, no internet, we're going to do things together. We're going to experience, you know, skydiving or some shit. Fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> what family is this? The Incredibles? I don't know. <laughs> something, though. But that is a, a, a theme. So, but it also kind of makes sense. You can see how this family would possibly go down this road. But the mom hearing some voice while she's in pain from her leg, that is something that could be far greater than we realize with just the, within the context of this episode. You know, we know... Lucifer has been able to whisper through the cage because it cracked to Sam due to the darkness. Have there been ways that he's been able to whisper to other people? Is it some sort of demon that's been doing something? Is this an angel voice that told her this? Because it had distinct words. It wasn't like a feeling. Or was she just crazy?
0: Yeah. Well, Lucifer did say in the first episode he took over Vince, Vince's body. He says, I have a plan. So is he preparing new vessels? Why bring back the psychic element and use the then when and have Lucifer roaming around looking for a vessel because, you know, the Vince body isn't going to last forever. Right. Why do you bring all these things that we've done before that all connect together very neatly? Yeah. Unless it has a greater purpose. Yeah. A greater purpose or meaning later in the series or they're laying down the, the foundation. You know, for something, for things to come.
1: Well, this is something you said off air. Okay, so we have this mother who's easily influenced by voices and is in pain, right? And Lucifer comes to people with not lies, but misinformation in some way or or changing things. And I could see him saying something like that or somebody who follows Lucifer devoutly. I mean, we know the demons have been pissed at Crowley for years now. Yeah. And this has been about, what, five years, I think they said? Five years ago, he was still an IT <laughs> yeah. something or other. Yeah. So it could fit into the timeline, potentially. But we know that the demons have been pissed, we, and we know that Lucifer needs psychic abilities for his vessel. What better way than to have this mom, and this is something you said, beat and subjugate a psychic, psychically powerful child Into taking away their free will so that they will just say yes to anything or obey any command and not think for themselves. That has been Lucifer's greatest hurdle. Yeah. Is that Sam is strong willed and wouldn't say yes. And even when he did, he was able to contain Lucifer long enough to go back into the cage. He needs somebody who, frankly, will just shut up and be a vehicle for him. And that's why he's gone to these weaker vessels, but they they can't last. So maybe a psychic one is what he's looking for. That's
0: he can't keep hopping bodies. Hope hoping is going to work. Obviously, he He knows that's
1: a finite
0: thing. He'll never be at full power. Right. He picked Vince. Vince. Vince, What's his name? Vicente. Vicente. uh, As a means to an end. But as we see, he's already burning through him. Of course, we're going to put the spell on him. So, again, he's not going to be in this body for much longer. Um, And I think he realizes that he needs to find a more Permanent thing and it would make sense That he goes back to his original plan Which was to find the right vessels and to prepare Them yeah So who knows man and you you said it already like We already know that he can whisper through the cage We don't know that if he has not been working on this Before they even took him out
1: I mean we know Back in season five that yellow eyes had to commit this horrific act of murder of all those nuns to talk to him through the cage but that's how he found out that he needed to feed the children demon blood to give them those powers in the first place yeah is magda one of those kids that's what i'm assuming
0: because uh, lucifer seems too smart to put all his eggs in one basket obviously when the darkness was released and the cage got loosened and he was able to communicate with sam i don't think sam was the only person he's trying to talk to it why it wouldn't make Yes, he manipulated him into thinking it was God. But why would you put all your eggs in one basket when this very individual already said no countless times and defeated you because his will was far stronger than yours?
1: And that's the thing is that yes, Sam is the chosen vessel based on destiny. But he, we know that's not the only one he can use. And yeah. like you said, if that one, if if your top choice is impossible to achieve, then you're going to go for your second.
0: Yeah, and he can't do anything yet. When you think about it, Lucifer can't do anything. At all until he gets the vessel Situation
1: taken care of essentially That's why he's running from Crowley even
0: Yeah he can't do anything he won't be at full Strength that's why Rowena I know some people are Complaining that Rowena is stronger than him I'm like well first off he's not even Fully strengthened he hasn't fully Recovered he's in a weak him too yeah He's in a weak vessel that's burning Up Um, Rowena has the Book of the Damned pretty strong who we Still don't know actually wrote the book of the Damned, Which I think eventually we'll learn that out so we don't Know who it, who has this knowledge and power really and yeah. how powerful this person really is who wrote that book so there's a lot of questions but i think there's a lot of excuses as well yeah there are G- good excuses i'm not saying excusing excusing in a bad way but there are reasons to where we can question things and be like oh okay i can see that i can understand that
1: yeah but even if that is let's let's we whether or not that's the case how creepy was it when you when they did that shot through the house, going down the stairs to see her just beaten and bloody on the floor in that, like, supposed to be religious but kind of came across as satanic room. Yeah. That shot, uh, that creeped me out. I, I wasn't, again, I was going into this one thinking it's a ghost or it's something else, and it was a little weird to, feel, to see that Sam and Dean were also not on the same page, and I think that... I'm going to come back to that, but that kind of fed into where they both were mentally. They're on different planes. But they're kind of sloppy hunting, it felt. Because they weren't, normally they're kind of going into a situation like it's probably this, let's work as a team. This was the whole episode, they're on different paths.
0: Well, they're, they're whole, exactly, and that was kind of and the that, point. Yeah, that we'll, we'll the, get
1: in yeah. to that, because that's a whole other thing. But I did not expect it to be just some kid being tortured, and that Directly f- made me think of season one with the benders. Do you remember that? Uh yes, I do. Yeah, the the crazy hunting family that were just normal people, and I think that's where Davy Perez hit a high note because it does remind me of season one and two and true horror. It does, it does disturb me, and that's what horror is supposed to do. And I've made mentions before that we, you know, we have a werewolf or a vampire, we kill it. Eh. It doesn't really do anything. But this I watching this whole episode was uncomfortable. Yeah. Once
0: and, you once you know humans are involved with it, you also start immediately entering entering into the into questioning whether or not Sam and Dean are going to take care of this. Are they going to we always know that killing humans is something they would rather not do. Yeah. So you already know that the threat level is going to skyrocket because if you can't kill knowing you can go in guns blazing. Kind yeah. of eases the tension a bit like okay you know what I know I can defend myself I'm gonna go in with a gun a machete and no worries. Gonna, no worries we're just gonna go blast and kill everything in the way but when you're dealing with humans and you don't know who's at fault who's the enemy who's not who's good what the motives are you're now in this area where you have to fully understand the situation you're in mm-hmm. otherwise you're gonna end up killing some innocents
1: yeah which in some ways, and in,
0: in a lot of ways We even know if Magda's mom was fully, yeah She was definitely full on crazy But how much control was she really of herself If we find out What we just talked about previously come, ends She's up being driven true. to
1: madness or something yeah. You know, but I think that That works because It does have that horror vibe You know, I, w- I got flashbacks of Season one, I got thoughts of Silent Hill and Carrie was a very big Vibe to this episode the mother is the super religious abusive figure. The daughter has these psychic powers that she doesn't understand, you know, and it's almost beaten out of her or, or into submission. But I think it also plays into the idea that, you know, humans, like you said, Sam, Do you don't want to kill humans because they're humans. But that is that really a line? We know that humans can be worse and yeah. in many ways than monsters. Monsters hunt sometimes out of vicious need, but often because that's food. Humans are the ones who torture because they get off on it, yeah. or because of some belief, or because of all kinds of reasons. They are the ones who do these horrific things. And are they truly the monsters? I mean, when we have, look at what the mom ends up doing, trying to kill everybody. Yeah. You know, and I, the whole time that scene was playing, I was in my head, I'm like, just fucking stab her. And I know I'm not as good as Sam there because I would have let that kid kill everybody and just call it a day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was weird. I don't know what happened. I was glad when the dad died. I'm like, good, you passive, you yeah, passive pussy. Exactly. How could you let that happen? Yeah. And you know, I think that's also something. Monsters don't have some kind of pretense. The son too, though. Like he's the, the son eat the was soup. just as bad. Hey, you just killed dad. Well, I'll go ahead and like eat the poison. Eat Idiot. Kind of a shitty last meal, but yeah. <laughs> jeez. That's the thing is like monsters kill because of necessity. More often than not, yeah, for the most part, you're right, yeah, and some of them don't want to, like Sam's friend, who you know would they would feed on dead bodies in season, what was that seven I think so, yeah, yeah, and then Dean kills her anyway. who was the real monster there and we've talked about that back then,, but now you see the the dad and the brother just kind of, yeah, this is horrific. I guess I'll go do my homework now, yeah. What? And the worst part about it is
0: that the father, the worst part of it, what makes this even more horrific is that the father didn't even believe. He, you can tell by his face that he knew his wife was on the, was, was the, the engineer. Of the train the to Crazy thing. Town, yeah. Like no, like she was, she was driving the train of Crazy Town. He knew she was crazy. He didn't hear voices. No. She said she did. Imagine if someone comes up to you and says, "Hey, I hear voices saying that we need to leave and and live in the uh, the edge of of
1: of uh, wilderness,
0: of, uh, yeah, of civilization." And our daughter is going to be um, held captive in
1: a basement for uh, he, a couple of years. He
0: didn't even agree with the methods, but he was such he didn't
1: do anything, yeah, either. which is bad. You know, and that that's another thing that. Is built into a culture Is it worse Somebody who doesn't do anything When you can Is just as bad As somebody who does yeah, Something look horrible at,
0: Again look at the uh, Train drivers for uh, For Nazi Germany Yeah They they were put to death and, and, and imprisoned For being Nazis Even when they weren't Because they just Did what they were told
1: Yeah and that's no thats no excuse. No, it's not. But it did result in a lot. Of, and then, it's again, it bleeds into the true aspects of horror. It's horrifying that the mom did this. It's also just equally as horrifying that the dad and brother didn't do anything about it. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, and you know what's even worse, man? I was thinking about it from Sam's perspective. They know God now.
1: Exactly. They
0: know God now, and they know firsthand that... And it would would drive me insane. It would drive me insane that I know everything. And you have these ignorant people torturing their daughter because they think God told them to. I mean, it kind of changes, even as a viewer now, it changes our perspective on these types of stories now. Now that we know... And the world in some way. Yeah.
1: You know, if you are a person of religion and you you watch Supernatural and you kind of understand the concept, any... And even if you're not a person of religion, hearing the the horror stories that happen in the name of belief is what drives so many people away from it. And I I agree. Like, in the context of this universe, that has to be horrible for them, especially Sam. You know, he has that dark conversation. He's like, you let your daughter die before they know. Because he was pissed. Yeah, I I like that a lot. That moment when that was Sam great. Sam did not hold back because
0: usually he's the one to hold back. And right? Have, usually and Dean's has,
1: the one. Like I'm gonna slap you in the face.
0: Yeah, he usually <laughs> has the bedside manner, and he let it all go. Show show how truly sickened he was by this woman's decision.
1: And he didn't even know the true <laughs> depth of that evil yeah. in her. And yeah, like she she says to them, "Do you know God?" And Dean's like, "Oh yeah, we're best buddies." We're you know, besties. We're besties. <laughs> Funny, but sad in this one, too.
0: Again, you know? going back to having the knowledge and not being able to do anything with that knowledge to change people like this.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Kind of puts them into a, a, a typical Winchester no win situation.
1: Right. And that, I, I loved the whole, like I said, I, I felt like I was playing Silent Hill. That same vibe of this is disturbing, but there's also people who are not doing anything about it, which is even more disturbing. But then there are people who are still just buying into it. Like, Mom, at, at the di- I love the dinner table scene. That was probably my favorite scene in this episode. Watching the girl, Magda, the flagellation was brutal and really hard to watch. But that dinner was, I think, the worst part because it reminded me of, like, Texas Chainsaw in some way. There's this horrific family gathering. And we're just having dinner acting like it's totally fine The daughter is Bleeding with severe wounds And brother sitting next to her just like what do you talk about At that dinner how do you lie to yourself And say yeah yeah this is totally Meant to this is we're on the right Path yeah you know how do you do that And the lighting of Just from the candles in that Scene felt dark It felt like that just it almost Symbolically there's this tiny little beacon of hope to this Situation in this otherwise abysmal Place Sam's tied to the dinner table just watching the whole thing happen and the music ratcheting up the the dad's choked to death on poison and I liked the visual storytelling from Walter in this where you pan back to the rat poison on the shelf it wasn't just said to us it was something that if you watched it on mute you could understand I liked that too but the whole scene was just incredibly intense
0: it really was. And even with, uh, it was very poetic with having Sam tied down, not being able to do anything, meaning, cause if he, we all know that if he was untied, he would be able to save people and end the situation. And it kind of ties back into the knowledge of what he has pertaining to God and understanding these people's situations and actually having some type of understanding of what this young girl was going through and her psychic ability and not fully understanding what's inside of her and what, and what's really going on with her. Yeah. And his inability to really connect with her and communicate and almost help, help her into understanding.
1: Not just, not just with that, but with the family comparison, too. I mean, the biggest thing outside of the main story for this episode is how Sam and Dean are dealing with their mom having left. And we have two distinct, different ideologies. And we kind of knew that going into it. We have Dean, who's a very black and white person. You know, she left, she doesn't care, that's it, we move on. Whereas Sam was the more gray area, it was like, well, hold on, you know, it's hard for her, There's, you gotta understand, she's going through some stuff. And we see that split between them throughout this whole episode, between their discussions about what Mom's point of view is and where she's gonna go with it in the future, to how they're doing this hunt. Dean is so quick to think it's the person who wanted the better job, That he, like his own personality, is just, yep, that's it, we're moving on, it's her, we're gonna shoot her in the face and move, you know, and Sam is somebody who's like, there's gotta be more to this, maybe we need to do some more investigating, some more thinking, and again, this isn't to say that Dean's bad at his job or something, but it's, it's, he is clouded by anger right now, his judgment is clouded.
0: This episode did a really good way of kind of uh, by separating their, their uh, I guess, their, both their resolves were almost an example of where they are at emotionally and mentally. Yeah. And each of, and it's very true to life as well, because we both know that when something is afflicting you as a person in, in your real life, whether it be, you know, the loss of a loved one or a breakup or whatever else it may be, we know that we then make decisions based on our emotional mind state and where we're at at that point. And that's one thing that I felt really that I really enjoyed about this episode is we saw those those choices being made mm-hmm. based on where Sam and Dean are at emotionally.
1: Not just that they're they're at odds from each other in some way and this is something I mentioned before that it felt like they were sloppy this episode. You know, they don't have they're not on in agreement to how they're going to tackle it. They're not hey you go do research, I'm going to go talk to somebody and then we're going to come together. It was, I have this, this is how it's going to be, and I have this idea, and this is how I'm right. I mean, theoretically, Sam let Dean go off with a gun to just commit murder without really knowing what was going on, and it it does kind of put them at odds. When they're not working together, they can be a destructive force on their own, which is something I thought was interesting, kind of with the vibe of Billy the Reaper in previous season and, and this upcoming season that how much good do they really do now the the fact that they were so split makes sense to their characters as well which is another thing i gave i give perez credit kudos for on this episode dean's personality the way he deals with this like again is very black and white he thinks mom's left that's it and he is very much a product of his upbringing we see it time and time again He's somebody who had to grow up really fast From age four You know his dad leans on him far too much To take care of his brother who's a newborn infant And he doesn't have his mom anymore He's now living this life on the road He never really had A proper education You know he bounced from school to school And eventually just stopped going And we see that How he kind of lashes out To people he just kind of goes Puts his blinders on and keeps going
0: it's how a child acts when he's been abandoned. And, you know, this is a common thing that we see on in social media during this episode the past two weeks uh, is dealing with abandonment, how Mary abandoned Dean again. Mm-hmm. And and I don't want to say again because I don't think necessarily she abandoned him. However, that is what Dean's going through. And if you look at it from a child's perspective, which unfortunately, even as a, an adult, sometimes when we went through something very psychologically damaging to us as a child, we're stuck In that line of thinking for most of our adult life, if we haven't dealt with it the way that we should deal with it. Right. His entire demeanor and how he's acting to marry leaving the mother is much like a a child would act when he feels like he was abandoned. And if you look back at his life, of course, we know in his mind, he knows that his mother didn't voluntarily leave him, but But she still left. But she still left. You saw also Henry Winchester, um, not Henry, uh, John John, Winchester, the dad. yes, he did the best he can as a father as we keep hearing in the show, but we also know that he was still not very good. He would leave them for weeks on end, abandoning them, making him Dean fend for himself and Sam. So this is an ongoing psychological issue that Dean has to work with all the time. And that's kind of fueling his entire entire way he handled himself in this episode and how he's handling the issue with his mother.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, you've said this before. He's a Not just his parents, though. Sam went off to college. He felt like that was an abandonment, a betrayal, especially when dad goes missing, which kicks off the whole show, because then he's truly alone. You know, Sam doesn't look for him when he's in purgatory. Another abandonment in some way. He's he is so devoted to family. So this is all that matters that he lashes out to people when they don't reciprocate that dedication
0: yeah and that's something very common with dean you've seen throughout the entire show that they've stayed true to the very core element of of dean in terms of how he handles specific situations like that he does how many times have we seen him lash out saying family's more important than anything
1: yeah a lot every season
0: yeah <laughs> i mean sam loves family but he has more of a um i unfortunately i think i'm more like dean in terms of family like i i Forgive and forget and I believe family Is the most important thing but Sam has a More grounded approach to understanding Family
1: understanding family But just also how the world Works yeah you know family Is great and family is important but sometimes There are circumstances that Alter that perspective you know Mary being taken away For example John not being able to Cope and having to put too much on Dean You know Sam while upset about a lot Of that stuff also gets that people are human and people Fuck up Yeah, and Dean is just very much this. You burned me, I'm, and that's all there is to it. Black and white.
0: Yeah, and people may point to the fact that um, Dean's not always just about family. He's about you know, blood doesn't,
1: family doesn't end in blood, but that's still family. It's still family. Castiel, Crowley, to some extension, Bobby, absolutely, all still family. And even the, the gray
0: area, the black and white, there's always, you kept saying that Dean's black, sees everything in black and white, and and Sam's always been willing to delve into the gray area in terms of everything, hunting, uh, family, He's he has, again, a more, more I guess, healthy l- outlook on how
1: things really should be. Well, he kind of has to because of who he is. Yeah, it makes he sense. He might be a monster if he believes in black and white, like Dean does in some regards, Then he is a monster because he's the vessel for Lucifer and he has these, you know, abysmal powers and therefore should he just end it all kind of thing? Or does he have to look beyond what he sees on the surface to realize there's more to it than just black and white? He, yes, he may be the vessel for Lucifer, but he does all this good. And I think that's what drives Sam to always try a little bit harder to understand where the others are coming from. Or why certain things have happened. It's very rare that Sam's just vengeance. That's usually been more Dean's thing. And again that kind of fits into who they are. But I don't think Sam could live with himself. With the perspective that Dean has. And I think that same perspective that Dean has. Is why he is blind. To so many things at times. When he's angry or upset about something. Yeah. You know. It's it's strong character throughout this whole episode. Without being really in your face about it. And I liked that. You know, we see just even the little bit of him texting his mom and not getting any answer. That puts you in the same mindset as Dean right there. You feel like she's just gone. Even though we know she's not. And then at the end of the episode, it kind of comes back together. But.
0: Yeah, and that's usually how it is when someone, we always think. I I think we've all been through that where we text message someone. They don't respond. Like, What's going on? They hate me now. They hate me.
1: It's over. The relationship's dead. Oh, the phone was dead. I was at work in a meeting taking a shit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh man but you know what that'd be a good thing uh, Mary's doesn't have an iPhone Where it says delivered in red I mean then he would know then That she's lying know.
1: Yeah god <laughs> that suck
0: Mom I know you don't understand technology so I cut you in a lie
1: Yeah <laughs> I think that also I liked how They're they kept saying throughout that Sometimes family splitting up is what's best for it Even if it's not comfortable And Dean's not happy with that but then you have the parallel Of Magda's family and her psychotic mom saying, we're going to be together. We're going to die together. That shows right there that forcing together, to forcing the family to be together is intrinsically bad. If you need space. I liked that, that comparison.
0: Yeah, it was good.
1: You know, again, it it worked. It wasn't too on the nose, but it'll let you feel the same feelings that the brothers had. And I un- understand different points of view now. The sad thing about it is that ultimately it kind of didn't matter. You know, we have the men of the British Men of letters show up with Mr. Catch offing Magda in a bathroom, incredibly cold, incredibly dark. I think she just got out of literally a living hell and then is just cut down so quickly. Now, that does seem very cruel, but going into what we talked about of is someone else playing the mom and using her kid's psychic abilities for their own gains? Or what kind of power does she really have? Is that something that the British Men of Letters did, not because they were cruel, but because they had to? I mean, in the synopsis alone, it says a huge secret that could destroy them all. If that is something that plays into Magna and what she could do, if her psychic abilities or her being a potential vessel for Lucifer or what have you is something that could destroy them all. Were the British Men of Letters wrong to do what they did?
0: Yeah. And you know what? I'm leaning to even though it was sad, it was definitely that very black and white, hey, you're a psychic, you're a monster, you killed people, you need to now be put down. That alone, I guess you can say, yeah, this is what they do, right? They this is what Samadine should have done. Um, but if, and if you also take it up a notch, like you just said, what if it's something much bigger? What if she's, you know, Lucifer's vessel? What if Lucifer's, Lucifer's connected to this? We don't know. Either way, we do know that the men of letters are there to correct errors and issues that Sam and Dean have done. And they're there to clean up, you know, make America great again. Uh,
1: Uh. You know, but that's the thing is that Sam and Dean are... Good people ultimately at the end of the day They're good people they've done a lot they're too good And I think because they
0: are good People they their humanity gets In the way of doing
1: again Air quotes the right thing We see that in season 10 Not letting Dean go Not allowing The mark to do what it has to do or For to say goodbye to his brother They unleash the darkness yeah Yeah you know they quote Crack the sun as she As the British what's her name Bevel, Lady Bevel Bevel says You know and this is something that I kind of wanted to see from The Men of Letters this kind of karma Repentance For what they've done yes they've always Done something you know try to do The right thing but like you said they will They'll like even Lucifer says you always pick Each other over what you should do And is are they Too nice is the British Men of Letters a Foil to their Good-hearted good-natured Stuff And they are the ruthless ones who do what they have to do, like a corporate entity, like a robot. Magda is a threat. She has killed people. If she was a monster, if she was a vampire, there would have been no hesitation. But because she was a human, they let her go. But and this is where that line is. Where do you draw that line? But maybe they have drawn that line definitively in the sand. And that's why they don't have humans being murdered by monsters in England anymore.
0: Yeah, and maybe also it's not even just the fact that she's human, but also the fact that it hits a little too close to home. Sam being Psychic Boy himself. Exactly. If I put down Magna, doesn't that mean I have to put down Sam technically?
1: That was the whole point of Hart. Yeah. You know, he puts down the werewolf girl, but then what does that say about what he is? Right.
0: I think, Thomas, you're going to get what you wanted in the very first episode. When you said you wanted the Men of Letters to be this like a comeuppance, like yeah. it, it's it's time to pay the piper. We are the the yang to the yin. Like we're here to put balance back in things because the Winchesters have, not debatably, not arguably, have definitively, it messed up the balance of the universe. And now I don't think we're going to get the men of letters as bad guy. I don't think they're going to be the bad guys of the show. Are what they doing inhumane? And I guess if you want to look at the traditional puritan-esque moral compass yes if we were to use a puritan moral compass yes what they did was wrong yeah but in the grand scheme of things of saving more lives and ending potential deaths they didn't do a bad thing
1: the the you know star trek needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few
0: right the spock theory
1: yeah and is that wrong yeah, and that's you the on, that's that. the
0: greatest question of mankind. Yeah, are these types of actions wrong? And it's it's one of those things that I love when television writers explore these types of types of questions because it's impossible to answer it. Yeah. You know, with a definitive yes or no. But I honestly think that these aren't Men of Letters aren't gonna be the bad guys. Is Mr. Catch a piece of shit and is he probably in, any inhumane person who's gonna go off the rails? Yes. Yeah. So and is he gonna be put down eventually? Probably. But it doesn't mean what he's doing is necessarily wrong. He's the guy with the dark heart willing to do the dark acts. Yeah. You know, things that other people can't do. Um, but I do think Men of Letters aren't gonna be I don't think they're gonna take this entity that's been propped up since season eight as this almost high powerful, you know, unit of individuals that maintain balance and do good. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to be bad and they're going to be the enemies. I think they're exactly what they are to be what they need to be. They're a a group of individuals with unlimited power. Who's coming in what like people with unlimited power do with big power comes responsibility. And that's what they're doing. No different than what, what God would do if he was, you know, in the in the. In the uh, Old Testament days Making the hard decisions
1: Yeah and I mean they're like you said They're not wrong look at all the stuff that Sam And Dean and Billy the Reaper was on this side Too that you guys are fucking things up You know you almost killed the sister of fate you fuck with Time you stop the apocalypse which was Destined to happen you know And and we see that God clearly doesn't care He's just kind of along for the ride you know Chuck's just always been hands Off right but not always Remember almost always hands off
0: but See how he he was able to fix his his ways. Yeah, he realized that hey, things are better off if I let them go. At least that's what he felt. If he, you know, remained hands off, yeah. whereas the men of letters have not gone. They have not evolved that way. They feel like they're necessary evil. I guess I don't want to call them evil because I don't think they are, but necessarily a necessary ne- force. Yeah,
1: there the, the the they're in some ways it feels like the darkness to the Winchester's light. Yeah. You know. You need balance
0: And there isn't any as we know with death Billy the reaper uh, And now the men of letters Lady bevel they're all saying the exact Same thing Sam and Dean it's over you, This this these the antics you guys Have been going through uh, and Yes
1: fucking up the world yeah You know and, and How where do you draw the Line between how good how much good you're Doing and how much damage you're doing
0: yeah, and then look at the imbalance we have currently right now, which makes me scared for a couple reasons, okay? okay? Number one, you have Castiel, an angel, working with humans, and now a demon. You have Crowley, a demon, working with humans, and an angel. How long till Men of Letters finds this out? They don't know already that now a demon and an angel are working together. No one's ever liked that idea, anyone. No,
1: angels don't, demons don't, Crowley and Cast don't even really. Yeah. Well, Crowley might, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but even so, the... There is a, there's a misbalance there. There's an imbalance, I should say, when you're having angels and demons work together. Yeah. And that's something that, as you can see, the Men Letters are not about that.
1: Well, Mary's a good example of that, too. Yeah. She is literally brought back from the dead. Someone who was supposed to die or stay dead, you know. And, yes, it was the darkness of deity that brought her back. But how? What, what's to say they're not going to see that as just something that needs to be corrected? an heir in the ledger you know
0: and mary was an actual ingredient in lucifer's uh freedom out of the cage she was the actual she was the person (laughs) who set a lot of this in motion with her deal she made so i mean they can view her it's very easy for them to view her as an imbalance as well yeah and, and go after her and put her down because again she came look at lady bevel's uh reaction when she found out mary winchester was alive mm-hmm. she was taken aback with surprise that they didn't know about this Which and and hated. once they find out the darkness is involved as well they don't even do they even know about the darkness because they don't know she was hammering away at poor sam's kneecaps trying to find <laughs> out why the sun was dying yeah mary they, they don't even know about the darkness yet
1: i'm sure there's they, I'm, there's a ton they don't know about yeah they know so, about castiel that's probably it yeah.
0: So there's once they start finding out more and more, I think it's going to create in their eyes, from their perspective, it's going to magnify Sam and Dean's problems, meaning they're yeah. going to look at them as a bigger and deeper threat to the balance of the universe and what is happening.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. They're going to see them just as another kind of monster. So,
0: I mean, come on. You have, you have hunters who are not, I don't want to say they're dumb, but they're not academics either. And look at them. They were smart enough to put it together that Sam needed to die. Yeah, they tried to kill them both. Yeah. It in fact, so in well. fact, in a lot of ways, it, uh, uh, you know, ostracized both Dean and Sam from the hunter community. They no longer had support once it came out. There's
1: no out, roadhouse, yeah. you know.
0: Once Sam came out as, a, as you know, a potential vessel for Lucifer or even letting Lucifer out after season five or the after, season, after four. season four, you remember the hunters were done with them.
1: Yeah. I don't think they've ever really recovered from that reputation. Yeah. So. A lot going into this one A strong episode in my opinion Kind of getting into final thoughts here I'm just going to go because I'm rambling already I loved the dark Nature of this one I I was truly disturbed and that hasn't Happened in a long time watching this show And maybe that's because of the human aspect Of this but It gave me a season 1 and 2 vibe Gave me a Silent Hill vibe I loved the parallels between the brothers I loved how true to the characters they stayed without being too In our face about it And I loved all the implications that there are to the greater season and the universe, even for supernatural from just a couple key elements that were placed throughout this. I thought the pacing was great. I thought the lighting and and music choices were great, you know, and I love bringing back stuff from the Kripke area, especially the psychics. And if it is some kind of, it it seems too good to be true. If they're going to have psychics brought into this picture again, Right when Lucifer's brought back and he's looking for a vessel and, you know, all these little pieces that make sense that if you said all these pieces together beforehand, you'd be like, and you didn't know anything about season 12, you'd be like, oh, you're talking about Kripke and his run. No, we're talking about Dab now and where they're taking the story in a new way that's both old and original. So this episode for for me was an A. I love this episode. I actually went on Twitter and, and said something about it, which is unprecedented for me. So. This right, is an A for me, Mike. Uh, what about you? I'm
0: going to give this episode an A as well. And Davy Perez is now my hero. <laughs> I, I love seeing new talent come out the box like this yeah. and proving their worth as a writer immediately. Yep. Um, as we know, we're a fickle fan base, and when you could give us a pleaser like this, that says a lot to his to his skill. I mean, Absolutely. season 12. You know, he probably I don't know how old he is, but season 12, the fact that he probably, you know, didn't really know a whole lot about Supernatural, and he comes in, does his due diligence, does research. He understands the core of Supernatural, understands the Winchesters, understands their emotional state and how their emotions and their psychological makeup would actually, in real life, if you were to take these people. They were real individuals. These are the type of decisions they would actually make based on their history. Yeah. The realness of the Winchesters were brought out this week. Um, Also, the biblical themes and implications that go with it, uh, how the the first act took us into a familiar territory for a reason. Lucifer uh, looking for a vessel, I'm sure, very soon. Uh, The psychic ability. These are things that you don't bring up for no reason. Yeah. The potential of balancing of the imbalanced universe that Sam and Dean have caused. And uh, the Reaper, Billy the Reaper, death, men of letters, just to name a few. All have warned them, told them what they've done. And I I think things are shaping up to be a very intense, very personal season for both Sam and Dean. We again, if this episode didn't show it, then you're not watching. (laughs) So this is an A plus for me.
1: A plus. Yeah, I
0: liked it a lot. I thought it was look what we just had. We had an hour and twenty-five minute discussion on an episode that didn't. I think at face value, Thomas, this episode might not have done much for the myth arc. I think if you're just watching, you're like, "Oh, okay," but
2: if you if you
0: look into what was actually being done in this episode, I wouldn't even call this a filler episode. No, not even if our, um, I guess uh, our uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? If our theories, no, if our theories prove to be correct. This is nowhere near a filler episode. No, this has feet is is fueling the rest of this season in a lot of ways. And also laid down some much needed uh, groundwork. So yeah, a plus.
1: All right. Went to the last little bit here. We are talking about the upcoming episode, episode five, the one you've been waiting for. Uh, The synopsis says everybody still hates Hitler. After learning that the soul of Adolf Hitler has been trapped in a 1930s gold pocket watch, Sam and Dean must act quickly to prevent A group of Nazi necromancers from Resurrecting the Fuhrer uh, Meredith Glynn penned the episode And is directed by Nina Lopez Corrado I want to say Hopefully I got that right Now a couple things I don't get why they don't just you say sound the sexy. Thule
0: That name sounds <laughs> sexy I'm going to go look her up
1: Yeah, I don't get why they didn't just say the Thule at this point We know who they are it's always the same There's not a couple of groups of Nazi necromancers It's just the Thule but I'm excited for this one because I know we had talked about over the summer what could potentially be the mental letters purpose. And I had said that I wouldn't want and this is on our Comic-Con panel. I said that I would love to see them be involved with a Thule in some way. World War Two has a ton of, you know, fun history theories and, and conspiracy theories about Hitler's obsession with the occult. Yeah. And things like that. And I think that the British would have if the mental letters were supernatural and around in that time, which makes sense. They would have had a distinct part in that. I mean, we know from last season with The Vessel that there was different chapters in France and things like that of the mental letters that were fighting directly against the Thule. So I'm looking forward to this one. I'm not certain how I feel about actually having Hitler show up if he does show up in this one. Because he's, he's kind of better to just be talked about and not seen because he is this...
0: What is the 1950s and he's a woman? What? Do to be quiet and be seen, or not just to be seen? No, or
1: no. Just how do you do that character properly? You know, it's hard to. He has a very distinct look. It's, it's, It'll be hard. I think could they do it? Absolutely, but we'll see. Meredith Glenn wrote this one. She is well, another. Hold on. Go,
0: let's go back to Hitler real fast. Okay, I, um, I, I have some thoughts on this. Okay. So, um, you are saying you'd rather not see him ever, or just right now.
1: I'd I'd rather them build up to him a little bit more. The Thule have been hit or miss maybe once an episode or one episode a season since their introduction in season eight. I'd like to feel like they're a more systematic, organized system yeah. b- group before they just all of a sudden Hitler's there. Hitler is the big playing card for the Thule. Yeah, I can. I I agree with that. Um, I think you need to build it up a little bit more, yeah. rather than just be. Yeah, he's a pocket watch. All right, whatever. Yeah, maybe a problem mini problem solved.
0: Maybe a mini story arc that maybe bleeds into the main myth arc yeah. of the season. I wouldn't mind that, and I agree with you. It'd be kind of like we've heard a lot of press and publicity about this Hitler episode, and it'd be kind of. I, I don't know. Not. Um, I can't even think of the word Hitler. Now. It, it'd be. It would be like all pomp and no circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> like if you have hey, Hitler, we talked about him all year, and here he is, and, you know and they haven't it laid like? it down at all, because Hitler is a big git, you're right, he's a big, he's a playing card,
1: he's a big git. Is bigger than his actual historical character, or like his historical person right. at this point.
0: He's a villain, and you can't just have him in one episode. As yeah. someone who's so vile and evil in history as Hitler, you gotta kinda use him at least Three or four episodes, and it would be cool if they do set it up. Like maybe they lose this episode, Winchester's, maybe they fail, and the necromancers or the fool end up recovering this, this, uh, this, um, what is it, a watch? The watch, yeah. The pocket watch. So, like, oh shit, they got away. And then maybe four episodes down the road, we see them going through rituals to resurrect Hitler. And then that's when we start seeing him a bit more.
1: Maybe Lucifer takes over Hitler. Oh, oh, perfect vessel. (laughs) Is it though?
0: (laughs) But for like, all of a sudden hates Jews for no reason.
1: No specific. I think it just be it would just, it would just expand from Jews to everyone. Oh my god! You imagine how genius
0: Lucifer's diatribe would be on Hitler's hate hatred for the Jews. Oh, dude, he would make it so funny in terms of like basically belittling like the whole Nazi way of thinking.
1: Right. You know he would. Yeah. It would be amazing. Well, so you stopped there. <laughs> I was going for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I think. That's the thing is Hitler, as a historical figure, is huge. But now in pop culture, he's he's even bigger than that through video games and movies. He's you know the ultimate villain, the one villain that you can unequivocally murder and maim and do anything you want to, and no one will ever be like that was too much. Come on, man! Nobody's ever going to say that, you know. And I don't want them to do to do what they did to the Thule or uh, to the Steins with the Thule. The Steins were were we thought going to be this much bigger thing and then they were kind of built up and then they were over very quickly. And I kind of we understood why they did it that way. But with the Thule being this kind of secret organization in the background over the last couple of seasons that we don't really know what they're doing or what they want other than just, you know, world domination, I guess. What is their plan? Do they have one? I'd like them to play into that more. Like you said, have it be a couple episodes sprinkled throughout and then you kind of lead up to it. I don't want it to just be a one and done. With yeah. the pocket watch and his, his spirit. Yeah, I agree. So, It'll
0: you know. be definitely interesting to see Supernatural's take on Lucifer. It, to me, it seems like a... On no- Hitler? I mean, Hitler. I think we've already seen. As I, say, say, I think we know. Luc- <laughs> I think I missed the entire thing. Um, where I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, What I'm trying to say is on, uh, yeah, on Hitler, because um, he is such a big thing. And it kind of it kind of seems like a no brainer for them to kind of go into that territory. And I'm surprised that they haven't directly gone that route yet. I know we've been introduced to full what in season eight, yeah. So they have explored and kind of you know teased us in that area, but never Hitler. And I I never really expected for us to get Hitler. So it's gonna be Neither fun. It's gonna be really interesting to see what the writers end up doing.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is I, I'm curious as to that. And then this one is written by. Meredith Glenn, that she is another new face for Supernatural. She has worked previously on the Scream TV series, and then she also did this—I guess—a movie or is it a short? I'm not certain. Uh, Eye candy from just last year. Hmm. So and, she's, and
0: Scream is um, has some definitely. Um, it's not the best, strongest television show, uh, but they do get um, the slasher horror thing going yeah. for them, and they actually—they never a, watched. So. They do a pretty good job with it.
1: Okay, so. It'll be interesting to see what she brings to the table. I know she's kind of going up against uh, Davy Perez's well-received episode, so there is probably more pressure than normal because it's like you have the regular writers who did great. You have Davy, who's a new writer, who did great. Now you're up. There's going to be pressure on her. I mean, not like she can change it at this point, but it's, you know, I think yeah. they have some faith in her if it is the Thule, It's not, you know, just an episode that Theoretically, you could argue almost that Davy Perez's American Nightmare could have been, whether it was good or bad, it would have been okay because it kind of stood on its own. The Thule has been a character that we've seen for the last couple of years, so there is a little bit more inherent structure and, and more that depends on how she writes this. Yes. Because they're already established. It's not some new person or new villain that she can have free reign with. So we'll see. You know, I'm I'm not certain, although I am excited for it.
0: I am too. Especially because we've had four solid episodes in a row and I, we better watch out here Thomas. We're we're coming, uh, you know, dangerously close to having two full seasons of greatness.
1: I know. What are we going to do?
0: <laughs> I mean I, I don't think we could say that since seasons 4 and 5 where we have consecutive seasons where they're pretty damn flawless. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this wow. is this yeah, is, that is true. this is I
0: mean we I think we've we've kind of dwelt on this like a hundred different ways, yeah. And you know we all know that there's issues with some of the seasons, but but I mean season eleven was fantastic, mm-hmm. pretty damn flawless. And so now we're bleeding into this season, and it's, so man, far so good. Yeah,
1: yeah. This one, uh, directed by Nina Lopez Carrado, she previously directed Red Meat last season, hmm. the uh, Werewolf one where Sam died. You didn't like that one, minute. did you? I wasn't a huge fan. Of that one, not as much as everybody else. Yeah, because I know
0: Ryan and I both liked it a lot. I remember. Yeah,
1: I was the detractor on that. Which you know, when's that not the case? But <laughs> but again, it was still a good episode. It just wasn't as good as I thought it could have been, or or not my favorite at least. But right. I'm jaded and cynical, so what do I know? Yes, right? you are. Uh, she's also directed an episode of Frequency this year, Carver's new show, as well as The Mentalist. Uh, A TV series Stitchers I don't know that one Neither do I And a short Before that In 2012 Um, But so she has Some work She's done Supernatural before So I'm You know Confident in that regard So we'll see We got some good Directing We've got some good Concept For Supernatural We're on a good You know We're on a good roll Right now Why stop Yeah Keep going so, with that, guys, that's pretty much going to be it here for us at Supernatural the Crossroads. We do have a little bit of a don't, or not an update, but don't forget, we still have the fan fiction contest going on through up until January 1st of 2017. Yep. Yeah, that you guys can still enter for. For more info on that, check out either the Facebook page or rainmandigitalmedia.com and you'll be able to find it there. Just search Supernatural Fan Fiction and you should have all the info that you're looking for into that. And then we're going to get into that. We'll start reading those what around the winter break Yes yeah So with that guys thanks for taking the time to listen to us Thank you for being fans of the show Like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter Bold Irishman Crossroads SPN The Ryan Denton even though he's not here (laughs) That's not the whole Twitter handle And we will see you guys all Next week you little maggot You are no longer a part Of this story hey butt.